Hello, good day, good to see you or talk to you. Um, welcome to the Totally Kind of Okay podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Joy Bankhead, and thank you so much for being here with me today. That was our <laughs> improvised intro music, which um, I am working with my brother on getting some actual intro music here soon, so something to look forward to. <laughs> um, we should have that any day now. Um, yeah, so pretty exciting stuff coming up on the podcast. Woo-woo! Um, so yeah, welcome. This is a podcast about real life, uh, my real life experiences with mental health issues from being diagnosed with bipolar type 2, generalized anxiety and ADD, experiencing childhood trauma, as well as going through a divorce. On this podcast, we provide education about mental health treatment, as well as easy tools and coping skills you can use to elevate your mental health today. Thank you so much for being here today, and I really hope listening to this will empower you to improve your own life, just as I have improved mine through all the struggles I faced with my mental health and getting treatment that I have experienced and been through. If you are struggling with your mental health today, I highly, highly can't recommend enough that you seek help, whether that's professional treatment, (laughs) that's my dog squeaking his toy in his back, um, in the back, (laughs) Um, yeah, seek some mental health, uh, whether it's professional treatment or just getting support from your family and friends, I recommend that you reach out to somebody if you are struggling today or you have been struggling with your mental health lately or who knows, maybe for months, maybe for years. Um, I know personally I struggled with mental health illness for at least 10 years, um, probably longer, maybe more like 15 years before I actually got treatment for it. And really, that is what changed my life was getting treatment for my mental health illness. And sometimes I say illness, sometimes I say disorder. Um, You know, it's just different ways to describe the same thing. Um, But yeah, so if you want more information or to learn more about me and see more of my daily life and see some uh, videos I made on mental health, um, go to my Instagram, go follow me on there. You can see my two handsome golden retriever boys, Henry and Cody, on Instagram at Tiffany Joy Bankhead. Also, uh, another thing I created three years ago. If you want to get more info and real life experience on mental health, I did a 20 episode show called the self-help today show with Tiffany Bankhead. And if you just Google that the self-help today show with Tiffany Bankhead, you can find it on YouTube and Facebook. So this is episode eight. Um, If you are just tuning in, go and listen to some of the past episodes. I've talked about depression, suicide, and self-care. And this is a this is part two of a three-part series telling my story of quitting THC and marijuana for the past four months. And 
it was going to be a two-part series, but now I'm making it a three-part series. So if you haven't listened to part one, go check that out. Um, part one was about why my addiction started and why I would use marijuana and then also why I quit. So listen to that. It's a little long, but also gives a lot of information on addiction and um, just more of my backstory and more uh, realness about what using looks like. Um, So yeah, as you guys probably already know, it's pretty obvious. It's a big problem now. Addiction is a huge issue in the U.S. and the world today, and marijuana addiction is becoming more prevalent with uh, its recent legalization in the past few years, um, whether that's medical or recreational. Um, It's also becoming more acceptable to be addicted to marijuana, and most people don't even know or recognize that they are addicted. So, Research has shown that about 50% or more of people with a addiction issue or addictive behavioral issue, whether it, you know it can be it can be substances like obviously all drugs um, or sugar, um, or it can be a behavioral thing such as gambling or sex or shopping. Um, there's all all kinds of addictions out there. So. Um, but yeah, 50% of people who have an addiction, uh, issue have a mental health disorder. And personally, I would say it's probably closer to 75% if you include people that have had traumatic experiences. And that doesn't mean that necessarily you could be diagnosed with PTSD, but that you have been through something traumatic. And so that led to your addiction. Um, so yeah, and also about 25% of people who have a mental health illness or disorder also have an addiction issue. So it's really important that we talk about these things and how they're related um, to each other and how to get help. So like I said, in part one of this three-part series, I talked about my addiction, how it started, why I would smoke and use marijuana, and why I quit. And in this part two, I'm discussing how marijuana became a problem in my life and the signs that you may have a problem or an addiction. And in part three, I will talk about how I quit the first few days of my sobriety and how you can get help too. All right, we start every episode out obviously after the introduction with an affirmation because I believe affirmations are super powerful and can change your life if you use them repeatedly and on a consistent basis. Um, So today's affirmation, I'm going to say it once and then repeat it three times and you're going to repeat it and say it with me. So today's affirmation is, I do hard things and therefore I am growing and getting better. All right, so we're going to repeat it three times now. I'll say it slowly. So let's go. All right. I do hard things, and therefore I am growing and getting better. I do hard things, and therefore I am growing and getting better. I do hard things, and therefore I am growing and getting better. So this affirmation today was really similar to last week's or last episode's um, affirmation, but I kind of changed it a little better, um, a little 
differently, I guess, to be a little more powerful and be in the present tense, um, which I think it's really important that you say affirmations in the present tense because that makes you believe that it's happening right now in your life and that that really is who you are and uh, what you do. So um, let's get started. Um, first, I'm going to talk about how and when did I realize I had a problem or that marijuana became a problem in my life. Um, so I talked about this a lot in part one, um, but well, I talked about my using while I was with my ex-husband and how that was kind of the catalyst to becoming a daily user and having a habit of smoking smoking weed or marijuana, whatever. When I split from my ex-husband, we um, broke up and called it quits on our marriage in June of 2020. Um, Yeah, 2020 was a rough year uh, for everybody. And I'm sure like thousands of people decided to get divorced in 2020 or 2021. Um, and I was one of those people. Um, but after I, uh, split from him and we did officially get divorced in June of 2021. Um, so it took a little while to get divorced, but that's what happens when one party is not willing to participate, even though they made the same decision that you made, and they actually were the ones that said to call it quits. <laughs> I'm, can you tell I'm a little bitter? <laughs> I'm not that bitter. I've really kind of moved past it. Anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> um, but after we broke up, I kept up the daily habit. So I kind of realized then that when even though I wasn't around other people on a daily basis that were smoking, um, pretty much my ex-husband, you know, I was around him every single day and we smoked together. And then also like all our friends smoked too. And I was around them a lot. Um, so even though I was by myself and when I broke up with my ex-husband and I moved, um, into my own place, um, I, smoked by myself like a lot and I realized that I still needed to smoke even though I was by myself um so that was kind of my first little sign that maybe I had a problem or something like that so another thing that made me realize I might have a problem is that I started to identify as a stoner or a pothead um like it became a part of who I was Um, it was part of my identity and something that I focused on in my life and something that I did daily. And so it was starting to become a part of how I related to people and how I felt about myself and which was really contrary to what I had believed before and what I had, um, Uh, felt before I started smoking daily because I talked about this a lot in part one but before I started smoking with my ex I actually really did not like smoking at all like I didn't like smoking cigarettes and I didn't like smoking weed and I didn't really think highly of people who did those things um not that I thought that they were bad people but 
I just thought that smoking weed was just not a good thing and it was something that I didn't want as part of my life. So if you want to find out more about how it became part of my life, go listen to part one. Um, but yeah, so another thing that was a signal to like, hey, you might have an issue was that I would get high even when I was doing something enjoyable. Like, so I talked about this in part one also. (laughs) I'm going to refer a lot to that uh, because, you know, that goes into detail. But when I was doing something that I enjoyed, like working out or going paddle boarding or kayaking or hiking, um, dance, going to dance class, my dog is squeaking his toy, sorry. Um, I would take it away, but he loves it. Maybe I will take it away. Um, anyway, so when I would do those things that were really enjoyable and like things that would make you get dopamine or serotonin or endorphins, um, I felt like I needed to get high um, to do those things. Hold on, I'm going to get the squeaker from my dog. <laughs> I realized was that I really felt like I couldn't actually enjoy something unless I was high. So it was like, I am going to do something fun, but it's not going to be that fun. And I'm not really going to have a great time unless I'm high. When in reality, it's like when you're getting high, you are actually numbing and be, you know, losing yourself and you're losing your grasp on reality. So you're actually not being in the moment and enjoying it as much as you could if you weren't smoking. So that was a big kind of indicator to me that I might have an issue. Um, Also, the other thing um, that made me realize I had a problem was I would get high when I would visit with my family. And for me, family is super important. I am a, excuse me, very family oriented person. And we're very close as a family. We like to get together a lot and hang out um, quite a bit and, um, you know, just have dinner together and whatnot. And like, I would need to get high when I visited them. Like, it was really sad, actually, because I would try not to be high when I was with them. So what I would do is I would like time out like when I was going to smoke based on when I was going to hang out with them or I should I I should say I was going to smoke based on when I would hang out with them. And so I would be like, okay, I can smoke two hours or an hour and a half before I go meet up with them. And so I won't be super high, but like, (laughs) that was so dumb because they could totally tell like my, (laughs) my stepdad, my bonus dad, who has been my dad for over 20 years, um, is an ex-cop. He was a cop for like 16 or 17 years. So he could totally tell when I was under the influence, like there was no hiding it. And of course your mom, like your mom knows you so well that, you know, she could tell something was up too. Like she could tell, and I'm sure you could like see it in my eyes. And, um, it was, got really bad. Like, so one time, 
when I was visiting with my family, I think it was like last Christmas of 2021. Um, I, we were had dinner and then we were watching a Christmas movie and I was so high that I was like nodding off during the movie and I think I even fell asleep for a little bit of it and my grandma was just like so scared <laughs> she thought something was like le- like legit wrong with me she thought something was really wrong with me and that I had maybe a medical issue <laughs> that was making me so tired and falling asleep during a movie when it was only like I think it was like seven or eight o'clock at night so it wasn't even like I was tired like it was time to go to bed it was just I was stoned and so I was super sleepy um so yeah that was kind of funny my grandma was like Tiffany what's wrong with you (laughs) sorry grandma if you're listening to this and I just imitated you that's not really how you sound you have a much better voice um but that's just how I heard it (laughs) heard it at the time um (laughs) oh gosh yeah oh memories um so yeah that was like after that I was like I felt pretty embarrassed and I was pretty much like okay there's something wrong with me like why do I have to be high in order to be around my family and really it was like I had to be high in order to be around anybody like that was the problem like I had to be high by myself and I had to be high around people something that was really upsetting to me and really disturbing was that I felt so awkward and shameful being around my baby brother Uh, my younger brother has had addiction problems almost his whole life, like since he was like, I don't know, 13, 14, he's now 29. And I thank God every day for his life and his sobriety. Like, I'm so grateful that he's still here and he gets to live a life that he enjoys and gets to have an impact on other people. So shout out to my brother. If you're listening, I love you so much. And I'm so proud of you every day. Um, But he has about two years of sobriety from hardcore drugs. And so just being around him and knowing what he had been through and that, you know, he had experienced struggles and that he had overcome them and he was working on himself and living a sober life, um, it felt so shameful for me to feel like I was high around him and like that it was what I needed to do in order to feel good. And that was something that really made me think about, okay, this is probably not how I want to live my life. Like, this is not really who I am. This is not what I want to do with my life. And um, yeah, that was a big uh, awakening for me thinking in um, my thought process of thinking like, okay, I have a problem. Um, another thing that happened that made me realize I had an issue with marijuana and smoking it and using it because, you know, I would use it, you know, I'd smoke it, I'd use edibles, you know, um, and that was one of the problems of using edibles is like, you kind of don't really know how much it's going to hit you. 
and like how the effect is going to be, especially with all these different strains now and stuff. Um, I mean, of course, there's the uppers and downers, but with hybrids, which is a combination of both, which is what I would usually consume. Like you never really know what you're going to get. So that was another factor that, you know, I didn't know like that night that I fell asleep with my family watching a movie. I didn't know that what I consumed was going to make me sleepy. Like, so that, that's another thing. Like it's a volatile drug. Like you don't know really what's going to happen. And even if you know, like if it's an upper or a downer, um, sometimes like I talked about this on the first episode, but you can go into psychosis. Like you can literally go crazy just from smoking weed. So that is not a good thing. Um, so yeah, um, the other signal to me was that I no longer enjoyed things that I normally did. And I didn't want to do something if I couldn't smoke before it. Um, I already kind of said this, but things that were enjoyable, I needed to be high, but not only that, but like when I was doing things that I normally enjoyed, like it wasn't as fun for me and it wasn't as rewarding for me. And, um, if it was something that I had to do sober that I couldn't get high for, I really probably, I, well, I really didn't want to do it and I probably wouldn't end up doing it. So I stopped doing some of those things that I would actually normally enjoy, like hanging out with friends or going to dance class or yoga class because I couldn't do those things when I was high and because I just wouldn't be coherent um, and I wouldn't be able to use parts of my brain. So I just would not do those things. So that really hit me like, oh, hey, like you're literally like isolating and not partaking in things that are enjoyable and fun because you just want to get high. So yeah, um, that mean meant I had a problem. Um, the other huge thing, and this is really what gets you when you realize you have a problem is that when you try to cut back or even stop, like even if you just try to stop for like a day or two, and you can't, like, you just cannot do it. That was something that um, was a red flag for me. I was like, okay, I'm trying to cut back to, like, once a day, or I'm trying to quit for, like, a few days, or even just quit for a day, and it was extremely hard, and I just, like, failed so many times. Like, I, I just ended up smoking because I was addicted. Um, I didn't think so, but all these signs were putting it together that, you know, I probably had an addiction. So who is an addict? Um, because there's a lot of different definitions of an addict out there. And obviously you can Google them. Um, but I really like this definition of who's an addict from the Marijuana Anonymous book. It's called Life with Hope. A Return to Living Through the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Marijuana Anonymous. And I like that it just clearly described who an addict is. So an addict is someone where marijuana 
controls our lives. We lose interest in all else. Our dreams go up in smoke. Ours is a progressive illness, often leading us to additions to other drugs, including alcohol. Our lives, our thinking, and our desires center around marijuana, scoring it, dealing it, and finding ways to stay high. The part that really hit me um, was that uh, where it says your dreams go up in smoke. And that was like, whoa, that is exactly, sorry, I've taken away like three squeaker toys from my dog and he still just keeps getting another one. So <sighs> sorry if you can hear that and it's annoying. Um, I literally can't just take all his toys away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back on track. Um, the part where it said dreams go up in smoke was like, that was what was happening to me. I am a big dreamer. Um, I mean, probably most people are. I mean, but I really like have huge dreams for my life. I have huge aspirations and big goals, like big goals that like probably 99.9% .9 of the world don't achieve in their life. Like these are things that I want to accomplish in my life. And I am such a goal oriented person and I'm constantly working on my goals and dreams by doing little things every day and every week to achieve them. And when I was smoking and in my, the thick of my addiction, which I would say I was not in like the worst part of my addiction when I was with my ex-husband, although we were selling drugs and dealing them, um, well, selling marijuana. Um, like even during that time was probably not the worst of my addiction. The worst was probably like over the last year and a half, um, when I was by myself and I was using in my own place and being single, um, because I would just use so much and I would use the concentrated form of marijuana. So it would just get me like super, super high. Um, and during that time, like my dreams just fell to the wayside. Like I stopped really working on my goals. Like I did little things here and there, but most of what I did was like self-care and like just managing, uh, my, environmental and mental like psychological aspects of my life in order to maintain a, a mostly stable mental health like I will say like I went through some pretty deep depression in the first part of this year um, which I talked about in episode one I ironically I talked about you might be sad or have seasonal affective disorder aka seasonal depression in um, episode two, I think it was. And then episode six, I said I was sad um, because I had seasonal depression for like four months out of this year. So I mean, gosh, go check it out because there's so many good tips and takeaways from if you struggle with depression that you can get out of that episode. Like I really go into what are the signs and symptoms and then how you can get help. Um, so go check that out. But, um, 
there's a lot of things I do on a daily basis to maintain stability and have relatively good mental health. Of course, you know, I'm always going to go through times where that's challenged and where it's harder to do and where I'm struggling. Um, but in general, like I do maintenance things like, so yeah. Um, so I was doing those things, but I wasn't going like the extra mile. Like I wasn't going above and beyond just those, um, what do I, how do I say it? Those stabilizers, maintenance. I'm trying to think of another word. Anyway, um, I wasn't like doing the work. Like one of the things that I really wanted to work on was this podcast. And that was like a huge goal of mine. And it still is like, I still want to make this podcast my full-time job and get sponsorships and um, brand deals so that I can do this full-time. But I basically like started this podcast in January and then I didn't, I recorded like I think four or five episodes in January and February and then I did not record anything until August. So one One reason for that was because I was depressed, but the other reason for that, a big reason, was because I was just getting too high. When you're stoned or under the influence, you just are not in your right state of mind. Like, you don't have your normal capacity to think and problem solve and have normal, like, cognitive abilities, like focus and um, problem solving and being able to come up with like just the words to say like you just can't like sometimes you can't articulate like a feeling or a thought because you're just high so I didn't want to like be talking on a podcast when I literally couldn't even put thoughts together um, in a cohesive manner so like that was another big sign that I had a problem was I wasn't working on my podcast which I was so excited about starting it at the beginning of the year and then I just lost momentum because I was just smoking way too much and not only was I smoking too much but I was very high like literally just (laughs) so high so yeah that's another reason I knew I had a problem but I want to go over the 12 questions of Marijuana Anonymous. Um, These are signs from the book of Marijuana Anonymous, A Life with Hope, um, A Return to Living, that um, it's questions that you ask that can signal that you have a problem or an addiction. And really, you can apply these questions to like anything in your life. You can, instead of saying smoking or Um, using marijuana, you can say, um, is shopping or is eating sugar or is using alcohol. Obviously, you can replace marijuana for any other substance or you can say, like, is gambling this in my life? Um, So I just want to emphasize that, you know, addiction is a big problem and it's not just substances. So here are the 12 questions. I'm going to ask each one of them. Um, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about them as I go. Um, I keep saying, um, 
<laughs> la, 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 la. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. Question number one, has smoking stopped being fun? And as I already talked about, I this was a yes for me. I had stopped doing things I enjoyed and it had stopped being enjoyable for me because I wasn't doing things that were fun anymore. Or um, when I would do things that were fun, it just, I didn't feel it as much. Question number two, do you ever get high alone? So obviously, yes, I got high alone all the time. Like I was alone most of the time when I smoked. Like I did have a couple friends that I would smoke with. Um, but the majority of the time I was doing it by myself. Question number three, is it hard for you to imagine a life without marijuana or without gambling or without alcohol or without sex? (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I think people should have sex, but you know, can you imagine not having sex as much? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. But anyway, is it hard to imagine a life without X, Y, or Z? Yes, it was very hard for me to think about not using because using was consuming my life. Question number four, do you find that your friends are determined by your marijuana use? I really talked about this in episode or seven of the last episode, uh, part one. Um, but basically all my friends were users. Um, I pretty much only hung out with people that use marijuana. And actually, if I'm getting really personal and honest, um, I had family members that did not use and did not want to be around me because I was using. They literally just, you know, didn't agree with what I was doing in my life and decided to shut me out and cut me out of their lives because I was using marijuana Um, and probably because of other things. But one of the big things was that I was using. So that is huge. Like, and also, um, you know, what do you do with your friends? Not only are your friends determined by using, but like, what are you doing with your friends when you're together? Like, if you're just smoking, you know, all the time or smoking before you do things like, you know, you may have an addiction. Um, I think we're on question five. Do you use marijuana to avoid dealing with your problems? Um, there, <laughs> this is an obvious one. I talked about this in ep- uh, part one again that I was using to cope with everything. I was using it to avoid my feelings and I was using it for my anxiety and I was using it to not have to deal with, you know, issues in my life. So yes, I think we're on question number six. Um, Do you smoke pot to cope with your feelings? So I just said yes to that. Does marijuana use... Does marijuana use let you live in a privately defined world? This was a huge one for me that was really eye-opening to me because I didn't really think that I had I was a private person and that wasn't something that I had realized that I had a problem, but when I 
ask myself this question when I was reading this book. I was like, wow, like I literally have my own little world based around smoking and using marijuana. Like I had literally isolated myself and created um, a little small defined world based on smoking like and I kept it very private like I would not admit when I was around other people who weren't using that I was using I would try to keep it a secret I would try to use on my lunch breaks and try to pretend like I wasn't high obviously I only did that for a little while but I did do it so um but I thought you know, I can just keep this private, like nobody will find out. Meanwhile, like literally everybody around me knew probably what was going on, but I just tried to hide it. So yeah. Next question. Have you ever failed to keep promises you made about cutting down or controlling your use of marijuana or of a substance? I just talked about this. Yes, I tried to cut down or quit many times and I just couldn't. Next question. Has your use of marijuana caused problems with memory, concentration, or motivation? And I said that it was preventing me from living my dreams and working on my goals. But another huge thing, and obviously I said that, you know, it ruins your focus and your concentration. But one huge thing for me was my memory. Like, I used to have such a good memory. Like, in some cases, some people would tell me that I had, like, a photographic memory because I could just, like, hear something or see something or read something and I could memorize it. And I was really good at tests, uh, taking tests in high school because I had such a good memory. Like, I could literally study something once and I would memorize it for a test. Um, so, and as I smoked over the past nine, over nine years, um, my memory has just gotten worse and worse. And it's not just short term memory. Like they say, a lot of people say that marijuana only affects your short term memory. It was affecting my long term memory. Like I was, and I still am strong, uh, suffering from this. Um, effect because it takes literally it can take your brain a year to restore itself after you quit smoking and I'm only on four months now so but I was having trouble remembering things that happened like in my life years ago like things that were significant events where people would be like did you do you remember that and I'd be like no like I had no memory of it so that's a huge thing like I think marijuana in particular, out of like all the drugs, maybe alcohol too, because um, alcohol is just so bad for your brain. But marijuana is just the um, the way it works is that it really affects your memory and that part of your brain. So, and that's why a lot of people like say, you know, joke about and say, you know, so... Um, stoners are stupid or dumb um, because they can't remember things like you can tell them something and they'll forget like instantly um, which was definitely the case for me so yeah um, question number 10 when your stash or your 
substance, if you don't know what stash means, it means how much substance you have left, is nearly empty, do you feel anxious or worried about getting more or how to how to get more? Like, so when you're almost out, do you get anxious and start making a plan because you're worried about how you're going to get more of it or maybe you don't have enough money or you're like not in an area where you can get it like maybe you're out of town or something and you know do you just get worried about when the next time you're going to be able to purchase it is and yes that was huge for me especially because the um, city I live in is like a small mountain town and we actually didn't have a marijuana dispensary for a while and so literally I would drive an hour and a half two hours each way so like three to four hours round trip I would drive like every couple weeks to uh, refill my stash and to get a you know enough supply to last me at least two weeks which was a lot of money. Not only was it gas money, but also, you know, food I would buy when I was there. And then obviously spending like, you know, hundreds of dollars in order to maintain my habit. So we're almost done here. Um, question number 11. Do you plan your life around marijuana use? And I already talked about this a lot. I would always think about when was the next time I could use and I would make my plans based off when I could use. So last question number 12, have friends or relatives ever complained that your use is damaging your relationship with them? And again, I already discussed this. I said one of my or a couple of my family members really stopped hanging out with me and stopped talking to me because of my marijuana use. And then also like when I would hang out with my family, they would be like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Like, do you, are you high? Like, you know, why are you falling asleep during a Christmas movie? <laughs> like, you know, and also with my brother that is sober, I know it damaged our relationship because I know he felt like awkward around me and he probably, you know, I'm not going to speak for him, but he probably had a multitude of feelings about me using um, marijuana when, you know, that was obviously something that he didn't believe was a good thing for you. And I know I still have relatives that use marijuana and, you know, I'm not going to say whether or not they're addicted or whether or not they should stop. But um, I will say that um, our relationship is different now because I'm not using when I would normally use with them. And not that it's necessarily damaged, but it definitely changes the dynamics. So yeah, that's that. That's the 12 questions. If you answered yes to any of these questions, even if it was just one question that you answered yes to, this book says that means you might have a problem with your substance use or your addictive behavior. And as we just went over, I literally got 100% on this questionnaire, this test. <laughs> um, I got, I answered yes to every single one of these questions. So that legitimized or really made me realize that 
I had a problem. And I didn't start reading this book till after I quit. I bet I started reading it like, I don't know, within a few days of quitting. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I definitely have an addiction. Like before, um, when I was using um, through college, like I didn't think I had an addiction, even though I was studying addictions, literally. Um, and over the past nine years, um, well, for the first eight years, I didn't think I had any kind of a problem. And then really just over the past like year, year and a half, I started realizing that I might have a problem. And this just solidified in my brain, in my mind that yes, I did or do have an addiction to marijuana. And so it's something that Initially, I thought I was just going to quit using marijuana for 100 days and then see how I felt about the drug after that and see if I wanted to use it again and have it be part of my life. And just everything I've read and learned over the past four months has really told me that no, I can't be a sometimes user and that I do need to... um quit this for life. Like it's something that I, I can't, um, keep doing. So yeah, so I am going to be sober off marijuana, hopefully for the rest of my life. I just want to end this episode by letting you know, um, I just want to talk about addiction for a minute. Um, if you have a problem with substances or addictive behaviors, I hope that you seek help today whether that is going to a 12-step meeting, which are free, and there's a lot of 12-step meetings like every day, all the time. So check out, and that's AA or MA Marijuana Anonymous. And you can go online and find online meetings if you can't go in person or if you're too um, afraid or ashamed to go in person. Go to an online meeting. I think you don't even have to show your face to uh, go to a meeting. So find a 12-step recovery meeting or go to a treatment facility if this is overwhelming and you feel like you need a, a lot of help and it's kind of really out of control like check out a look into going to a rehab or a mental health hospital um, or you can find an outpatient program um, and then obviously uh, something that I do that I highly recommend is doing therapy and you can find either uh, a individual one-on-one -on -one therapist or you can find group counseling. Um, group therapy is actually as effective as one-on-one -on -one counseling so I highly recommend group therapy. I've done lots of group therapy in my life and it's been really transformative. Um, there's just something in power about being around other people who are going through similar issues as you and working through them together. So please, please try to get help today. Um, even if that's just taking the step of admitting to your family and friends that you need help and that you need their support, that can be a huge step in getting sober and changing your life because your life is going to change so much once you get sober or get in recovery. Um, I can't even tell you. I, I'll talk about it, obviously, because this podcast is just going to keep going. And 
something I'm going to talk about often is my recovery and my sobriety journey, but my life has just gotten so much better since I quit smoking. Um, I was just journaling about this actually last night about all the things that are good in my life that happen because I quit and that would not be in my life today if I hadn't quit smoking. I'm actually getting a little emotional right now. Um, but I have a, oh my gosh, I feel like crying. Um, I have a six month old golden retriever puppy named Henry. You can see him on my Instagram. Um, and I literally wrote about this, that I would not have him in my life if I did not quit smoking because of things that happened that led to me getting him. So he's this just huge, um, very important and significant and happy thing in my life that I have now that I wouldn't have if I was smoking and I wouldn't be able to afford having two dogs if I was still using because all that money would be going to buying marijuana. So that's a huge thing. Um, so yeah, take take that small step that's actually a really big step and just admitting that you have a problem and starting to seek out help um, in any of those ways I described. But I really want you to know that you're not alone and you can overcome this addiction, whatever it is. Um, it might be embarrassing or feel shameful when you first seek out help or talk to someone about it. I know for me, it was really hard to start talking about it, but like I literally like cried. <laughs> like every time I talked about quitting smoking, I would cry. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, there's no reason to be feel ashamed. Um, many people go through this like I didn't look up the percentage, but it's a pretty high percentage of the general population that struggles with an addiction. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to guess because I don't want to be wrong and somebody look it up and be like, you were wrong. But um, a like addiction is huge. It's a really big problem and it's just growing and getting worse, I think, obviously, especially with the opioid crisis and all that. And I think actually I know that overdoses on opioids and fentanyl is one of the leading causes of death amongst people from ages 18 to 40 right now. I think it's actually maybe the number one cause of death um, of people in that age range. So this is something that a lot of people are going through. So there's no reason to be ashamed. A lot of people experience this and that doesn't mean you're a bad person just because you struggle. Like you're normal. Everybody struggles. We all have our own different things. If it's not addiction, it's something else. You know, maybe it could be a mental health illness. Maybe it could be a relationship. Maybe it could be um, just something that you're struggling with at work or your identity or whatever it is, like we all have our own struggles. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person just because you have an addiction. And it just means that you have something that is interfering with your life and how you want to live it. Um, like we discussed a lot on part one and part two of this series on quitting marijuana. Um, 
one of the big things about an addiction is that it interferes with your life and the way you want to create your life and live your life. So please start realizing that your life means something. You are valuable and you are worth creating a life you love of freedom and abundance. You deserve to have a good life. You deserve to feel good about yourself. You deserve to be happy and enjoy your life. Of course, you know, not everything's going to be rainbows and, you know, bunnies or (laughs) whatever the saying is. But, um, you know, you're obviously going to still experience all the different range of emotions. But in general, you can be positive and be excited about living your life and doing things you enjoy. And, you know, you're worthy of that, of doing that. You have value. And just being you, you have value. And I believe that, you know, we were all put on this earth by God for a purpose and a meaning and to affect lives around us. And I believe that I've been saved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and that because of that, we all have a new opportunity to have uh, a life free of sin and um, a life that is forgiven and that you get grace and you get God's goodness in your life because of it. So yeah, um, just wanted to put that out there that you know, you can get help and you can have a fulfilling life. Um, And in AA, there's a saying at the end of each meeting, uh, at the end of each 12-step meeting, they do the serenity prayer. And then they say this thing, they say, keep coming back. It works if you work it and you're worth it. So just know that you are worth it. So yeah, in the final part of this um, three-part series, we're going to be talking about um, next week, probably. So check out episode nine. Um, It will be about how I quit. So how I stopped using marijuana. I will talk about the first few days of my sobriety. And then I'll also talk about how you can get help as well. So we're just going to say our affirmation a few times um, again. So just repeat it with me now because I think repetition is important. So say, I do hard things and therefore I am growing and getting better. I do hard things and therefore I am growing and getting better. I do hard things and therefore I'm growing and getting better. And if you want to improve your mental health and improve your habits and Uh, get healthy habits. I have an accountability group specifically for healthy habits that is coming up in December. Um, We're going to start on December 5th and it's going to be four weeks long. Um, So you'll be creating healthy habits before the new year even starts. So you'll already be working on some of your new year's goals even before the year starts. So if you're interested in that, um, go to my Instagram, Tiffany Joy Bankhead, and message me, or you can click the link in my bio and fill out the form called, I want to get healthier. Um, or you can email us. Our email is just totally kind of okay at gmail.com. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I know this was another long episode and I appreciate you sticking 
through it with me and I really hope you got something out of it today. Thank you for supporting this podcast by being a listener and hit follow on Spotify so you can stay up to date and um, support us by following us so we can spread this message of mental health and awareness and education and please share this episode. There's a little arrow button that you can share the link with a friend or family member. Um, Maybe, you know, more than likely you probably have somebody in your family or friends that's struggling with addiction or substance abuse disorders. Um, So please spread the message. I appreciate that. And go help yourself today. I love you and have a great day, beautiful people.